0: Welcome back to another episode of Checking In. Uh, very excited to have in studios with us Lane Martin, co-founder of Modern Pure Air and uh, founder co-founder of Pure Kids. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks then. for
1: having me, much appreciated.
0: So the, uh, the exciting part of this one is I'm going to tell uh, listeners or um, those that tune into this episode. I'm not sure I'm gonna be able to make it short. So this one might be a little bit longer than others. And, and uh, uh, I hope you stick with us because I think it's gonna be a dandy. It's gonna no, be no good. Pressure. No pressure. <laughs> so Lane, I want to do, normally I ask people because I, I think a big part of these, the value of these pieces is that history, sort of yeah. knowing where we've all come from. Uh, to then jump into where we are today and and then begin to unpack all that stuff. So I usually look to to the uh, person that's brave enough to come in and sit with me to share that. But I have a little bit of ammunition. Uh oh. So you uh, invited me Mm -hmm. to tour your head office, thrilled, gave me so much knowledge and information. So I want to do a 30-second Reader's Digest version. Perfect. And then you correct me. So this was from your... Uh, your um growth chart on your wall, thing. your, your yep, yeah, yeah, your yep. line okay. chart, loved it. <clears throat> so sixty nine, uh, dad purchases one of the first duck cleaning trucks in Canada. Yep. Okay, that's way cool. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right? Way back so, then, we
1: call him 82. the Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> you call him the what? The Godfather of duck cleaning. <laughs> okay, eighty two. Yep.
0: You have seven service vehicles, and he's still in Calgary. He
1: does, yeah. He's yeah, a, yeah, he does. Yeah.
0: But then decides to move to Kelowna. Yeah. Come to Kelowna, yeah. 82. You got 84, it. love this, because I actually think this is a really important nugget. 84 buys a bankrupt duct cleaning company here in Kelowna. Yeah that was a franchise.
1: Yeah, national okay. franchise as well. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yep. I like that. Okay, remember that. 92 you you buy into the company.
1: Yep. Yep. Uh
0: and you're running your own truck. Yep. Okay. 96 you guys sell the business. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So then I draw this gray line in my <laughs> line chart which is uh 2001 which is five years later, you guys open uh, the modern furnace and air duct yeah. uh, because your non-compete has expired That's right. with the sale of that company. Yeah. So the reason I drew the line in the sand on the 2001 is we're sitting at 2021, Why which not? makes this- 20 years. 20 years. Look at
1: that, 20 year celebration. Overnight success. Yeah, just like
0: that. Just like that, okay. So 2003, um, first technician hired. Yep. Interesting two year yep. gap. 2004, second truck added. Yep. Takes a while yep. to get momentum and get that flywheel, right? Okay. 2005, uh, fourth truck. 2006, okay, this is an important mile marker. Lane reads an article in Canadian Business Magazine on 1 800 Got Junk. Yep. Plants the franchise seed. Super interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, 2007 rebrand. 2008 first franchise open in Vernon. Yeah. Lots of firsts now coming up. Yeah. 2009 first $1 million uh, system sales year. Yeah. 2012 Alberta franchise yeah. first. 2014 first $2 million. Yeah. 2015 $3 million. 2016 4 million. It's cool
1: to hear that way. Right? right? Yeah.
0: 2018, we passed four million. Yeah. Uh, 2019, first franchise in Ontario. Yeah. Passed six million. Yeah. And 2020, here we are. Here we are. You had your new head office. Yeah. Okay, so now I have some questions for you. Entrepreneurial. Yeah. Very entrepreneurial. Family, you're sitting at the dinner table, mom and dad.
1: Yeah, yeah. I grew up in in self-employed home dads, very entrepreneurial, very old-school entrepreneurial. I'd say that with all respect. Love him, great guy. Um, but the old the the older mindset of if I get my hands dirty, it's revenue. And mom's answering the phones in the home-based office. So growing up in Calgary up till '82, I don't remember much because I was born in '74. So. I remember there being duct trucks outside our house, duct cleaning trucks, yeah. and my dad was a journeyman gas fitter um, and plumber as well, so dual ticketed. So they ran the service industry as well, and they started adding the duct cleaning. That's why they were looking, because they had clients that were asking about it. So larger commercial clients in Calgary. So he'd have the service vehicles coming and going, and I know we had a receptionist in the house one or two days out of the week. So, but technicians were always coming and going, but you know, you're know, you six, you're seven, that's your norm, right? You see, it was called advanced furnace service and advanced furnace cleaning. So I remember seeing the trucks out front, but then we used to come to the Okanagan for the summer and we'd come for a few weeks. And my dad bought a lot here in 78 or 79 in Lakeview Heights. And so that was his goal, right? To sell, to exit and to move to the Okanagan Valley and enjoy the little quaint lifestyle that was here. So um, yeah, we moved here in 1982-ish when he sold that business and it took him about a year to build the house here that he wanted to, and he semi-retired. But speaking of the entrepreneurial, he project-managed the house that was being built, his dream home, right? And then he got into an insulation, I think it was a removal or blow-in company, I was too young to know, but you know, so what's dad doing? Well, that's what he's doing. So again, dinner talk, dad would be gone all day, but he'd come home and then he, you know, we'd talk about what, what was dad doing, etc. So he went through a few of those businesses, and then, yeah, as you mentioned, the, the, the bankrupt duct cleaning franchise for sale on the side of the highway in front of a vacuum flow store. And uh, that's the old way, speaking of old ways of doing business, the old way of franchising was oh, we'll take your franchise fee, here's your territory, and you know, we'll collect royalties, ha- and yeah, we don't really hear from you, right? So yep. that was. That experience, so literally, I believe he walked in, they had a for sale sign and he walked into the vacuum full store and asked them what this duct cleaning truck was doing for sale. And they're like, well, we bought the franchise a few years ago and we can't make a go of it. And you're like, really? Yeah, you think? Like, you know, we sell vacuums for a living or we're in indoor air quality. Anyway, so he offered 10 or 20 cents on the dollar for what they were asking and got it. And yeah, the or as how they vetted or delegated him was a signature you own it like that was the old process so now you're our new franchisee so now I'm eight years old this duct truck is on the driveway and yeah I'd see my dad go out and do jobs every day and I'd hear my mom answering the phones right and then she'd drive us to school and probably come home to 15 voicemails I don't know right but that's kind of how that works so growing up and and then yeah it became a summer job thing I was quite an extroverted kid when it came to entrepreneurialism I had like three paper routes I think in grade 4 and hired Friends to start doing no. that. Oh yeah, so I could manage <laughs> a real the rooms. Oh yeah, just like. Well, it all clicked one day because we were going on vacation. We, we used to go to Hawaii for vacation. That's one thing my parents did really, really good at. One of the good things about entrepreneurship is mm. being able to set things and, and enjoy some family time. So growing up, that was one of the things we did every year. There was a family trip, and my parents' love place in the world is Hawaii. Still is right. So is mm-hmm. mine. It's a special spot. Um, but yeah, so, I'd remember, so I remember I was like, well, who's gonna do my flyer route for me? Or who's gonna do my daily courier route for me? Oh. And so then I started around like, I could sub this out and that's how it started to work. So I'd take more routes out. And I'd have like, on the flyer side, I think we had like 1,200 flyer routes and two people doing it for me and then the daily courier. And then I had to, in the daily courier days, you had to collect the money, so you managed your own route and paid <laughs> for your inventory. So I started to just do the receivable side and hire somebody to do it. Anyway, it was really cool. Grade four. Yeah, grade four, five, six, and that area yeah would have been there so always kind of that entrepreneur so I think it's in the DNA and getting Hmm. back to my my dad so yeah growing up then I'd help with summer jobs and he started to hire me as a temp laborer and I'd you know wash vents for him on commercial jobs or whatever it was the truck needed washing or those things to teach you those chores those chores and uh, yeah so that's kind of what I grew up in never never knew a parent that worked as an employee I guess that's that's it so always lived in a home where self-employment was normal. What does your dad do? You know, he cleans ductwork, or he's a business owner, whatever way you wanted to term it to the people at that time, right? Right. But yeah, yeah, that was it.
0: So, graduate here?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, Did you seek post-secondary education?
1: Yeah, so, (laughs) that's a good question. Um, I have since, I call it the school of hard knocks. No, I didn't. I, uh, in grade 11, got my high school girlfriend pregnant. So that kind of changed a little bit of my life trajectory, path sure. and my journey. I wanted to be a pilot all along and due to my grades, it was clear I wasn't going to become a pilot. Grade 9 and 10 physics, I wasn't strong at. And back in those days, I was told you had to in order to get into pilot Interesting. school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, yeah, grade 11, fast forward, right? high school girlfriends pregnant and so you know now Lane's trajectory starts to change a bit what am I gonna do so by the time I graduated I had a daughter and um, you know grew up in a home where it's like okay do the right thing marry Mm -hmm. this girl Mm -hmm. look after the baby do these things so well there's a family business so you know Lane's kind of path went to well why don't you buy into this business with dad and you can have an assign. you will give. We'll buy the duck cleaning truck through the franchise and you can do, I lived in Glenmore at that time. So mm-hmm. they lived in Lafey Heights. I could do this side of the bridge to Vernon and uh, my dad would manage South Okanagan other, yeah. and West Kelowna. And you know, so that's all I knew. And I was like, well, I don't know it all. So boom, bought into this business, took out, my dad co signed took out a small business loan. I think the duck truck back then was like 70 grand or something, it was quite a bit of money. And yeah. uh, you know, bought into it and set up a, a different, Holdco just for that part of the business so I could run two sets of books my dad would have one I'd have one we'd blend our commercial jobs that we shared together and that was cool That was my first experience on you know learning business being almost like a franchise or franchisee support model now Like we would do for a franchise partner um, Knowing that the backbone was still there, but I took it for granted It was a good living But I hated the work like I still to this Mm -hmm. day don't like the field work. I appreciate what our technicians do. And I love, you know, our core services and I'm passionate about how we deliver that model and and in all of the SOPs that go on with what makes our brand, our brand. But for Lane to be out doing the work, it's, uh, not. I just don't, I don't like getting dirty. I don't like, it wasn't my thing, but that's all I knew. So did that and it was successful. We did really, really good. And then my dad had some health issues about year four. So sort of in bought in in 92 so 95 96 he got a bad case of shingles and had a hard time reaching above his head hmm. so health issues were coming up so it came up he's like maybe we should sell this and i never once looking back at it it's a good thing but i never once thought about buying into it because in my mind it couldn't scale and grow that's that was it that's i would buy myself a job yeah for the rest of my life and probably because my dad had been through it he had scaled the business he had had multiple technicians in Calgary. He had gone through it, so he was done with that. To him, this was a mom and pop, right? Yeah. And probably didn't think that I would want to do that or felt that Wayne would need to do that. So that door never really opened, so we listed it for sale. And uh, yeah, magically, like, you know, not magically, but five or six months in, it sold so now lanes you know what do you do yeah well exactly that's so i went into a few different things i tried like multi-level marketing i'm highly you know extroverted and you know great awesome but no disrespect to it it doesn't build income very fast right a lot of work you learn a lot of things sales are great um i went to uh, kirby funny enough i got recruited by kirby sold vacuums door-to-door for like four months and uh, then got promoted to recruiter trainer with them and that was an amazing I call it a year of hell in University of Hard Knocks, but sales driven, Zig Ziglar sales training. The office in Cologne at that time was the top one in the country, and we were literally selling 300 vacuums a month in BC, but hmm. getting to recruit and train for them. So their morning sales trainings and huddles were like some of the best I've seen to this day, like up here, so that was great, but the money, I mean, you're an independent contractor and financing and deals, it just wasn't my career, but it was a sure. good blip to be there. And then um, Wask Furniture used to be here in Kelowna, right? Do you remember okay. Wask Furniture? Now yeah. uh, they're on Highway 97 across from where Walmart-ish would be, where the old yeah. United Furniture was. So Wask Furniture, was there. they were there for years, and um, my friend was the store manager at the time, and he's like, hey, we have an assistant manager trainer program going on, so why don't you come in? So United Furniture Warehouse had just bought Wask, and uh, Wask was going to be their highline product line, their luxury mm-hmm. brand kind of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then United Furniture was kind of either their entry level. So went down to Vancouver, um, got a job as an assistant store manager, got hired here in Kelowna, never been in retail. And day one, my friend that was a store manager got fired and was escorted out and I got promoted into this new role, like literally 24 hours in. So that was cool because I had a sales team of veteran furniture salespeople, like a whole blend. There's one a guy named Little Joe. He would sell a million dollars a year. He'd been in the industry for 40 years. You know, so 70 years old, right? You know, and then all these others. So I inherited this team and and I was behind a national brand, which was great. And I got to learn a lot and put my sales skills to use and learn about developing a team and learn about furniture and inventory and all those things. So it was cool. And I did that and I got promoted to district manager with that brand about three months later. And they offered for me to move to Edmonton because they were moving to Alberta. So I moved to Edmonton and opened a store on Saint Albert Trail in Edmonton, their main distribution facility. We brought Wask to the country, or to the province, and then we opened eight more stores over the next 12 months. And that's when I learned, you know, corporate dangle. And that's the entrepreneurial seed was yeah. always in the back of my head. I'm like, man, like, you know, I'd hit a target or initiative, 60 hours a week, open another store, have our labor cost this low, boom, you know, get bonus, and then the game would change again the next month, and then the next month, and then the next month. It's just how I felt, and I'm like, it's really hard to. Not that being you know, not self-employed or working for somebody is a bad thing, but when you've been on the other side, it's hard. It's hard to you know, be, be an employee and see that corporate change on you all the time and not be building your own thing. So the seed was in my head, always. And our, our Sklar Pepler sofa shop rep walked in, or sorry, our Sklar Pepler sh- uh, uh, rep walked in to WASC one day and said, we're opening Sklar Pepler sofa shops in, in Canada. It'll be direct to the consumer. Very much like Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. His wife was, funny enough, the Lazy Boy rap and so Doug was this guy, and he's <laughs> like, you might be a good fit. Like, I think that you would do well because you've been self-employed, you have this passion, you love furniture, you can recruit a good team, and those things. So, I, but I had no money, right? And I was like, I don't know, young, and... So I approached a couple friends from high school and uh, we put an investor's package together and we flew to Toronto and met Bob Tweedy, who was the president of Sklar Pepler, and we pitched him on taking over all Western Canada for these sofa shops. And uh, we did it. And so, no. so I remember, yeah, yeah, we came back to So there was one open and the very first one in BC was open on uh, Highway Number no. 7, Little Heat, out of Vancouver, there in Coquitlam. And we got the rights to the rest of Western Canada but we had to open this first one on St. Albert Trail in Edmonton and do it, and so we did. We got an investor's package together, we sold shares, we raised money, did it all, had a grand opening. I recruited the top four salespeople in the city in the boutique. Furniture stores Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. went in brought them in had a great team and it was really cool this was like 20 years ago so well obviously 15 yeah 25 years ago but we had it where it was virtual reality where you would have the sofa and pick the fabric and I remember picking out the inkjet printer that was color it was like that's how but you could see it and visualize Mm -hmm. it and now Mm -hmm. that would be the known right but that's what we were doing so it was really cool concept we opened it had a big you know grand opening red ribbon had the mayor there the whole nine yards did it up and day two um, I, my ex-employer came after me for a conflict of interest. So it was like, oh man, welcome to the corp world, here we go. So my ex-employer happened to be the largest wholesaler of Pepper at the time in Canada. Mm. They pulled this conflict of interest thing, and so I had to step away from the store. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pepper, like the owner, called me up and said, until this is dismissed. So six months of court, walked in, gets thrown out. I walked into the Pepper store. The two people I went into business with hadn't paid vendors. We had some major issues, cash flow positive. So I learned right there, family business, as much as it can be difficult, it's way different than being a business with friends. And I think we lost about $250,000 in six months and that opportunity. And that was what I thought was the, the milestone the opportunity, loss. the big one. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, when I saw the reps, you know, any guy that owned a furniture store, they were successful in my mind, yep. right? Driving the Porsches and, you know, those things. So I was like, oh, we just lost it all. And I was like, that was tough. So... Um, Tail between my legs, freshly separated. My two kids at that time were nine and five. No support in Edmonton, no family in Edmonton because I had moved there. A friend I had met along the way, worked for Rogers Wireless, and he's like, come sell cell phones with me. He was an outbound rep, corporate team. One of his clients was the Oilers. So great guy, took me under his wing and just kind of got to feel out that industry a bit and get back into getting my head straight. And that's when Keith Studders called and our five years was coming up. And he owns Stutter's Disaster Cleanup in town, Keith ah. and said, Hey Lane, is your family ever thinking about getting back into the industry? Cause you know, the company you sold it to were not not that they weren't happy, but he just asked. Yeah. And in the restoration industry it's so good for our business because anytime there's a fire or a flood in a business or on a commercial property like this Air quality. Yeah, air quality, but the ductwork and the HVAC systems have to be inspected. And that's mandated. And then if they need to be cleaned, great. Then Pure Air would roll in. But so we've really aligned. So that's why Keith reached out, right, from Stutters DKI. Mm -hmm. And so at this point, Lane had just taken a transfer with Rogers. I moved back to Kelowna. I had a sole custody of my two kids. I was, funny enough, rented a duplex downtown from Keith. Didn't even know he was the owner at that time. (laughs) And I was here and I was like, oh. And I went to my dad and I owed my grandma like, I don't know, 50 grand. And like my parents like 80 grand because they had invested in the furniture store. And, you know, selling cell phones, you're not going to pay off debts like that much necessarily. That no, um, as a rep. So went to my dad. And my dad, entrepreneurial again, had started a business in town, a blind cleaning business. So he was in homes every day. It was called Shine a Blind. He'd go into homes. So he's like, I could cross-sell for you because he's all over these things, right? Hmm. I could go in and do this. So so we looked, and I was like, okay, I'm going to bite the bullet. I'm going to you know, buy this duct cleaning truck brand new. It was built in Edmonton from a company called Built Well, and uh, we called it Modern, because it's the most up-to-date truck. Furnace and air cleaning, because really I had no interest or passion in branding, and you know, I was like, I'm getting into this to put food on the table. I don't like being a technician. I'm gonna answer the phones. We're gonna have to come up with a logo, and that's what we did. So we, the incorporated company set up May 1st, 2001, and uh, I believe the truck came about three months later, and. Then we were in business, so that's how it started. So now Lane's back to full circle. I don't have mom answering the phones anymore. Now it's me answering the phones, <laughs> me doing the work, me taking the kids to school in the mornings, doing those things, and that's okay, right? We all do what we need to do, um, but I hated the work. So you spoke about technician, you know, two years later. Yeah, I fought tooth and nail because I hated the work so much, right? And my dad would get upset because he'd call the business line and the cell phone, the voicemail was full. Well, yeah, because I was in a house selling. Right, Or I was doing a walkthrough with a client where I was networking. So I'm not answering that phone, just like my phone's off right now, right? Same thing, but it would become frustration. So there was days where, yeah, he would be at the front door outside and we would go at it, tooth and nail. I'm like, so. Anywho, finally one day I said, give me 90 days, let me hire somebody. And about two years before, I had seen one of our competitors and their head technician and I knew him. And I never pull from competition, but we were filling our our truck. I left a business card. And all I told him was like, if you ever leave, and you're looking for something different, yes. give me a shout. And it was right in this time, and all I don't remember, his name was Rob Fletcher, and he called me up out of the blue. And I'm like, are you with this company, Sloan? He's like, no, I haven't been with them for like four months. I'm looking for something. and I Talked to my dad, and I'm like, we have a guy that's fully trained. He's got five years experience. Let's just bring him in. I don't even have to just train him. Let's just yep. try, give me 90 yep. days. So we did. And then that's when the business really started to sizzle and take off. So I think it was the following year we had another truck. But yeah, like from that moment on, those 90 days the business changed and I then started to enjoy it because it was now my wheelhouse. I love business and I love networking and I love selling. I'm passionate about what we do, right? I think I'm a great storyteller when it comes to our brand. So those were things I could do and then really start to figure out how to build a real business instead of, I'm working in the business, I'm working on the business. but. Yeah, and so. this
0: is probably <clears throat> what I find most interesting about your story because you're uh, you're extremely passionate. Yeah. Extremely passionate about it. I find it so fascinating that you're telling me that you don't like the work. I find that so <laughs> interesting. Yeah. But also extremely motivating because then you want to, uh, again, I mean, you listen to Darren Hardy talk about, Find people that love to do what you hate to do, and you actually did that. Probably. So, um, I, I there's other things that that really jump out at me at the small amount of time that I've um, uh, been visiting your business or been thinking about yeah. your your company, and. Um, I, I, I want I'm probably gonna jump all over the That's place, okay, but yeah. but the branding component, I find the branding component so interesting to me because in my business and in in our sector and the work that we do, I wholeheartedly believe there is enormous value in brand. Mm-hmm. And to try and educate all businesses yeah. that it's not just a logo, it's just not an emotive. Uh, it's not a symbol it's so much bigger than that you live brand bigger and more so than than I think uh, anyone that I've met that I that I can see you you you. literally have it living in your commercial space in your head office and that's that vision wall that um, the 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 culture wall. Yeah. I love the the timeline wall. I love love your confidence in in branding this entire wall. Your organizational flow or corporate yeah, chart yeah. of twenty twenty five. Yeah. So you see it every day, and it's that repetition. Right it's there. that. It's that you consume it either consciously or subconsciously every time you walk by those, those messages. Yeah. So I think that's so fascinating. Yeah. Do you think you would, and I know there's lots of things that have contributed to the, to the journey that you're yeah. on and the <clears> success you're having. Do you think brand and commitment to brand would be in the top five?
1: Yeah hundred percent
0: you know how how critical
1: so critical so when yeah when we when we looked into franchising speaking of brand I didn't understand brand enough at that time because my experience with brand had always been like a fortune 500 like a mcdonalds sure kleenex whatever it might be yep. and our experience with other than i guess sklar pepler that sold me on the whole sofa shop idea because of their brand right but my other experience like with our previous franchise company that was duct cleaning was that brand was irrelevant nobody knew the brand so that was kind of it when when i read that article on 1-800-got-junk
0: mm-hmm.
1: we started road mapping out when i went to my dad and said listen i think we could set out to be the fedex of of indoor air quality, right, in Canada, and he kind of looked at me, and bless my dad's heart, he's never stopped my entrepreneurial mind from not going, which has been great, always a huge support. It's probably the best diamond partner I could ever have,
0: for Mm -hmm. sure, Mm
1: -hmm. because, you know new one to hop in and go maybe like let's rethink this a little bit or right fine help me pivot but never like a hard no which is great because mm-hmm. you say a hard no to my DNA and it doesn't work out well anyway right so <laughs> probably like you right <laughs> <I> <laughs> just saying yeah um, yep. but so one of the first things was we looked at okay well how are we gonna franchise and what are we gonna do that builds the franchise system to be what's our french fry machine like, mm. like McDonald's mm-hmm, or the milkshake mm-hmm, machine mm-hmm, what is mm-hmm. it gonna be and um, so every day I would come home and talk about Brian Scudamore from 1-800-GOT-JUNK and April, my wife, would hear me every day. And probably about six months into it, I came home one day and she's like, you get to meet Brian next week. I got through to his assistant. And you're going to go um, sit with Brian. Yeah, right? Yes. So, so, so I got, to, I drove down to Vancouver. My dad came with me. And I pulled the recorder out and um, sat with Brian. He came out of the Guinness Towers. And you know, we sat out of Starbucks. And I asked him, hey, what did you do right in your first three years of franchise? And what would you do wrong? What are the, you know, those things? Yes. And um, so he st- helped us roadmap a little bit of that. And then we came back. And I hired a marketing agency here in Kelowna. This was years ago. And they started doing an internal brand on it. Mm-hmm. And during that brand audit, as you're well aware, mm-hmm. how it happens, you sit around the table and they get into your head. And it, it, they came up one day and they're like, "So why do you love this name, Modern?" And I'm like, "Well, I love technology and I love systems and I love embracing new things. So we want to have that name." in there And they're like, "Yeah, but that the rest of your name sucks, right?" Like, so I was like, "Okay." But along that path, they're also like, "You have you, so you guys clean the air inside homes and businesses." But your industry is full of diesel powered old duct trucks that sit on driveways and put emissions into the atmosphere. Hmm. And this is 06, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like in the green spin starting to happen mm-hmm. a lot more Comfort, and They're like, consumers are going to get smarter and smarter and realize that you're cleaning the air inside, but you're polluting the air outside.
0: Interesting.
1: And I was like, well, that's the way it's done, though, right? I'm like, yeah. the only way we couldn't do that is with portable vacuum technology and the portable vacuums available right now. We've tried. It. They're just not there and their look was okay but like we're letting you know like this is goes against your brand so i was like oh so that planted a seed we're like so we ordered three or four of our own of, of the available portable um vacuums on the market at that time and they all failed and so we set a standard and said we're going to create our own pure vacuum it is one of the exclusives in our franchise system and here's you know the bar that we want to hit i'll have more duct or it'll have you know more CFM section than a duck truck would at the source, uh, it'll be the lowest carbon footprint in the industry, those types of things. And we started mm, that, and they're still built locally here in Kelowna, we still own the more like version 13, okay. but that took us like a year. But also what they brought up was, in that brand audit, is yeah, your name, so Modern, and then Pure Air, and then that Swirl, and that Swirl was the first time I still remember seeing it, mm-hmm. where I identified, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I get it, there's the brand, and so mm-hmm. from Moving forward, as you speak about brand, I think not only is brand so critical, but it's sharing your vision and your blueprints for your brand that have been the biggest thing that we teach franchise partners and other successful entrepreneurs that I see. So I think I mentioned to you when you came for the for the tour at RHO, like we could hire a home builder, give them a million dollars, leave for a year and come back. And that house that's been built would cost a million dollars because they'll spend all the money for sure. But is it the house that was up here in your head? and and that's the vivid vision and that's the painted picture and that's the aura charts and those are all of the brand things that come into it is sharing those things with your team and your franchisees and anybody our vendors we celebrate with our vendors what we're doing and how we're growing because we want them to grow and become successful with us right and so when doing that all aligns and then i think when you see it it, like you mentioned and it's 10 feet by 20 feet on a wall you look at it and you read it and you hit it and you're like wow that's mad that's crazy how that happened and then continue along right and so that's
0: Well so. I love <laughs> that the one wall is your is your org chart twenty twenty five. If I come mm-hmm. around the corner, the other wall is the vision board. Yeah. Uh, that's more of your strategic planning totally. that ends. It's 25. got a hard, fast <gasps> oh. date on it, December thirty first, twenty twenty one. So I like I, I I'm thinking, gee, I wonder if Lane's got his cup of coffee just sitting there sipping at that board going, you know, tick tock tick tock, here comes December thirty first. How much of that Vision we'll be, of three years ago. Yeah, are you going to be putting ticks to sixty
1: percent? Yeah, but I think that's good because if we had set the bar for here, we would be at twenty percent. So it's like here we are, right? You know.
0: And that's a really important takeaway that I hope people hear. I I really do subscribe to the to the thought: what is focused on is achieved. So yes. maybe you don't achieve it all, but you will be a hell of a lot further along oh than if you didn't have it. Totally. So I think it's brilliant that you have that. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm really interested in, and this is a big question. Uh oh. You you you'll hear me say in these interviews about turning to page 43 in the book of life i'm always that's a common phrase of mine i don't think there was a page 43 for you in the book of life i don't know that you um you maybe were were walking or dancing to the beat of someone's drum i think you were making it up as you go (laughs) and i think that's interesting to me because I see the, take technology, Mm -hmm. we talked about systems Mm -hmm. and processes and that ability to put redundancy in there and that's what's, I mean, and I want to say this like this, I want to say this, you stepped into just a, a traditional Sector or vertical, but you've revolutionized it or made it something bigger and better than it is. I love the word. It's exciting. Isn't that neat? Yeah. It's neat. yeah. But you, you you so, I mean, it's indoor air quality, mm-hmm. and you've 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 tried uh, to s- say, okay, this is how it is. How do we make it better? This is how it is. How do we make it better? And I see that. Um, thread woven through everything yeah. in the in the peak that I've had in in modern pure air. So I think that's did you do you think you were born with it? Do you think you is it coming from um, listening to other people? Yeah. Mentors, you're part of EO.
1: Yeah, EO can also
0: where do you think it came from? Oh
1: I think it's a culmination of just the journey. like piece here, piece there, piece here, piece there. How would you do this? I've always loved technology. I've always been an early adopter on technology. You know, iPhone came out obviously into it. I watch Tesla, was it Tesla? One of my dream cars have a Tesla, right? So mm-hmm. those are just things that, and, and I, 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 my friends will always tell you, Lane's a gadget guy. So that's been in my DNA. Gadget I've guy. always yeah, a gadget mm-hmm. guy. I've always had weird things. I had a phone system in like, I don't know, in, in I think I was in probably grade 10 or something that would answer phones and take like, personal, there was an email around you, but personal voicemails and somehow them. So like weird stuff. So that's been in there. Um, I love systems. I'm pretty much OCD when it comes to certain things. So yeah, I think we're, we're right now, we're, we've onboarded a consulting company that helps franchisors grow to 100 and it's interesting. Because exactly. in speaking with them, yeah, exactly. Well, mm-hmm. that's the goal. Less than three percent of franchises in franch franchisors in Canada get to 100 locations, mm. which is really, really unique. Because the, the lens changes from zero to 25, 25 to 50, 50 to 100. Obviously, as you grow in scale. So, um, but one of the things they said is, the story is unique because we literally have my family and the brand 50 years experience. We are. Mm-hmm we are the originals like when we speak we speak through the lens of experience and then you know have Lane's DNA rolled in there that I didn't pick this industry it picked me so by force of that we've created this really cool scalable brand with my love of other things mm-hmm. and my somewhat love of our core services but not my you know like I'm passionate about it but you just created this blend and it's like in a fragmented industry which really allows us success when we go into new markets like this right like our google reviews page is just incredible one of our one of our wins that we celebrate with these is being number one organically on their page within 30 days we do that just through the review programs that we use and how we're pushing things which is insane right we just passed three thousand five five-star google reviews in the brand yesterday in canada and in kelowna our, our baby franchise that i used to own we have it's five hundred and ninety five star reviews. Our closest competitors, competitor is twenty two, so we decimate that, right? Like
0: but I love to see that, that uh goalpost way out there yeah. because on your on your wall, your vision wall or your uh, comments from I don't know if it's your franchisees or from your uh, staff, I think one of the messages on there was reach 100,000 five-star yeah, no Google reviews. Yep. So I mean, that's, yeah, the bars there, right? but, but yeah. that's how you reach those and yeah. surpass
1: yeah. Uh, it's, yeah.
0: normal or good enough.
1: Yeah, like or, what's, how can we do it? That's exactly yeah. it. And so a lot of that was, you know, the Brian Scudamore from 1-800 when I went for the, the tour of their event box. You know, years ago when we were looking at starting franchising, shortly after my talk with him, uh, the, the, the sorry, they call it the Junction. The Junction then had, you know, they had 155 franchises. They were the top call center in North America, beat American Express and Hilton three years in a row. You're walking into, you know, he had just been on Oprah. They blew up on system sales, so you see these. Can you imagine walls in there yeah, where yeah, they it's have it's the check marks and it's like have a 1-800, you know, got junk airplane, right? Mm-hmm. Or to have you know one of my personal favorites in their story is how they had never had anybody starbucks in history had never allowed the name not the business sorry the name of the business i forget but on the starbucks logo on the mugs or Mm -hmm. on the the cups and uh it was the the name they weren't allowed they would have the founder's name but not the company name and they just thought differently and said well let's get the founder's name on it and so they did it like those things Mm -hmm. where you see and so I think that painted and helped me go like we could do something cool this he's no different right he took a fragmented industry that branded it and and it was about systems and people so that started that and then yeah early in the journey reaching out to the right coaches like I think I mentioned a great guy named Cameron Harold that was the ex-coo of 1-800-GOT-JUNK he started Mm -hmm. a consulting coaching business and he taught me in the first six months to a year, a lot of great things on what to do. Paint a picture was one of them, right? Like, so those started to get intertwined and then yeah, listening to others, um, you know, The E-Myth Revisited, that's my favorite book to recommend to anybody looking at franchising. That's an amazing book because it makes, whether you own a bakery today or, you know, a carpet cleaning company, you read that book and it talks strictly about working on your business, not in your business Mm -hmm. and the importance of systems and scaling, so those things came. And then I just became a student of, technology still and franchising and systems and just you know went from selling duct cleaning and indoor air quality to selling duct cleaning and indoor air quality businesses and that's when it really started to to flip and
0: the vision of being able to give people successful businesses much sooner
1: yeah well yeah Yeah. and we didn't see that early because man we made poor decisions along the way for sure right but yeah. Seeing, the, seeing those first franchise partners, uh, when the first ones got to those, you know, great retained earnings years or months and knowing that it worked, like in the first year of franchising, we, we wondered, you're like, I don't know, is this going to work? Mm-hmm. We sold for mm-hmm. it. And we used to service for it and out of Kelowna. So when I was looking at the numbers, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know Could if this, it? yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's when it did and it took off and we, we realized and learned the power is somebody that lives, works, and plays in that community, in that backyard,
0: and it's not about better. how big,
1: that's right.
0: Lane, I have a question about uh, the work that April's doing. Yeah. Uh, pure Kids. Yeah,
1: probably the most tell important about, part. Yeah.
0: Tell me about that one.
1: Yeah, so Love My Wife, completely opposite of me, thank God, two of us in the same house would huh? be crazy. But in the early days when we were sitting on the couch, 2007, 2008, said, if this becomes something, what would you like to do with this, right? Like, what, do, what would be your part? And my wife would love to have 100 children. That wasn't gonna be, th- that's just her DNA. She <laughs> loves to love her, but definitely that's her side. And she's like, I'd love to give back. Like, we need to have some give back. So we came up with the idea of starting, well, why don't we put 1% of our system sales right into our franchise agreements? It's an ongoing royalty cost, it goes right in, and we can start the Peer Kids Foundation. And so we did. And 1% doesn't do a lot when it's smaller numbers, but as it grows 1% sure can start, right? Yeah. So so we started that evolution when we started franchising and we would help you know we get you know it, it was meant to help Families, but especially families with children in need right yeah. mm-hmm. where the system where there's a gap where they couldn't get help And that's a fine line finding those things and finding those boundaries as you know, right? Philanthropy is a whole mm-hmm. big thing mm-hmm. on its own mm-hmm. but in the last uh, three years, it's 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 become really cool. So we, we April, met Shannon Christensen from Mamas for Mamas, mm-hmm. as you know Shannon, and she's just her own fireball, which is awesome, love her. Um, but what was unique about Mamas at that time, when they first met, was Mamas had a chapter set up every city that we had a franchise in.
0: Interesting. So it was amazing
1: because yeah. Mamas is getting the emergency where the system's failing. Yes. And Pure Air could now not have to vet and look for you know, a community, uh, uh, an organization that we didn't trust or we needed to vet properly. We right. just knew. Yep. And so the alignment happened, and Mama's has been so good. We're 100% of the Peer Kids money that goes into those markets, there's no admin cost. They actually flow it right through. And so let's say, you know, we have 20 franchises now. Every month, there'd be each franchise location, Calgary, Canloops, how much goes into that Peer Kids? Mm-hmm. Mama's manages that for us, mm-hmm. and it's up to them in each market on where they think somebody it's needs emergency. Yeah, and so that's been really cool. So that was the first real experience where we started to then get these Chronicles of Kindness from Mama's Quarterly on what what our brand is doing and how we're changing and empowering lives and like it's amazing, so it's so cool. So then our technician team sees that and our internal team sees that and the franchise partner team sees that and so it's that wheelhouse and starts to go. And then April, it's become her fire and her yeah. passion. And she's like into it and that's awesome right it's her you, you met her she's you know sweet but so passionate about what she does so she's opening up other doors and you know building those relationships with z's as well and continue to build on pure kids is just making a huge impact it's really really cool so we also align with compassion canada we sponsor a foster child overseas for each franchise partner. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty cool too. Um, so it's it that is. over yeah, it's yeah. that overseas thing where, you know, we take care of their medical and their school and their birthday gifts and their family. So that's really neat. So yeah. each franchise partner has that foster child technically through Compassion Canada and Pure Kids and then that local give back, right? So it's been really neat. So yeah, this last year at convention, um in, in Kelowna here we had a two I think it was a three hour morning on philanthropy. Mm -hmm. and how giving back and kindness and gratitude can change your business and your mindset. And I was on the Friday morning, so Shannon came in and, well actually, Brent Marshall, a good friend of mine, philanthropist Mm -hmm, here mm -hmm. in town. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he came in and just, it was awesome to hear because Brent is so, you know, multi high level entrepreneur, so much about giving back in everything. Like he would Mm -hmm. give everything if he Mm -hmm. could. Mm -hmm. And so he led with that and then held our franchise partners accountable and said, you've aligned with this amazing brand that gives back from the top. So you guys are at liberty to say, you're giving back, but what are you doing mm-hmm, in your own community? Mm-hmm. And that was really cool, and we've had some amazing stories come out of that, too. And like, when you start doing that in your communities, and you're making a difference, the community looks after you. It just, it's full cycle, most of the time, anyway, from what we're learning. So mm-hmm. it's been cool. So, yeah, there's pure kids. Yeah.
0: So, modern, pure air, second generation, potential yep. for third.
1: Yeah, the third generation is already in the business, ah,
0: uh, Tristan good.
1: Martin. Yeah, yep. he's uh, my uh, my first son, so I have four kids, so 29, 25 from my first marriage. So mm-hmm. the two adult kids, we call them, and then 14 and uh, turning 12 soon. So uh, Tristan started vent washing when he was 15 or 16. Went to one year UBC business school. Um, Felt that maybe he would like to learn real business and not from Mm -hmm. a textbook. So yeah, yeah, it's totally different. Yeah, ran a franchise for us in West Kelowna. We made West Kelowna franchise for him for a year wasn't the right fit for him at that point. So he got into business development and changed the brand in a lot of ways in business development, set records, those things. And uh, yeah, now he's the general manager of the Kelowna franchise. And I exited and sold all of our Corp stores in August. So it's been great. He's running that. I'm no longer his boss. Dynamics changed a little <laughs> bit, which has been really good because we have a different talk now. Uh, all along, dad's always been it, and it's good because he's on his own. But yeah, third generation's in there and he's doing it, and Kelowna's just one of our top franchises still to this day. So proud of what they're doing and that team he's built. But it's his baby now, not mine, so it's good. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
0: Lane, thank you. Um, one, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your Thanks story, for incredible me. story. Yeah. Two, Thank you for uh, making such an incredible business in little old Kelowna here. There's so many wonderful stories of entrepreneurs. And uh, thank you for for giving back in in the community. I know you make a huge difference, and I'm looking forward to your new vision walls.
1: Oh yeah, well I can't wait to have you. And thank you to you guys too, for helping put Kelowna on the map. Like we're speaking up with Level Up and what you guys are doing. I kind of want it to stay a secret here, but a beautiful place yeah so you guys are rocking it too we love what you guys do in the community it's good thanks for having me (laughs) yeah yeah awesome thanks